Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to my channel. My name is Jalen, and also welcome to another episode of Reading the Room, a literary podcast featuring author interviews and discussions with bookish content creators. Today, I am beyond excited to have Noelle join me to talk about romance, love stories for Valentine's Day. Noelle, you know, I've been following you for so long. This is so exciting for me. And yeah, thank you for coming on. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. I mean, just being on this podcast is a dream come true, but you wanted to talk about romance with me. So this is double whammy. I'm so excited. You should have seen me when I was, I was looking at the calendar. So I'm doing these every Tuesday and I saw February 14th and I was like, what could I do? And I was like, Noelle, romance, Valentine's Day, like it has to happen. And so, so thank you for agreeing no. to it. <laughs> Yes. I mean, oh come my on. God. You are I'm so excited about that. You're the romance queen. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm the queen. I want to be, but I hope that this is informative in any way or fun or I don't know. It's just the subject I want to talk about the most. And yet I feel like over the last, you know, six months, I haven't been able to really just sink into it. So this is so exciting and a great way to like celebrate February. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. And I think I have some, you know, fun general questions for us to talk about romance, because I also was curious to do this conversation, because I feel like you and I might have somewhat of a different, I guess, taste in romance. I think love stories are very like a broad genre, and there's a lot to be explored there. So this, I guess I'm prefacing by saying, this isn't maybe a pure like romance discussion, but it's all about love in some capacity. And I think it's fun to see where this will go. To start here, what do you look for in romance or love stories generally? I mean, what don't I look for? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just something that makes my heart warm. There's a bit of steam in it. And hopefully I'm crying by the end of it. Like that is what I'm looking for in a love story. And I think the notebook, the movie, as a child really set the stage for me. I was like, how does it have all of it? I haven't found quite as good of a love triangle as I saw in the movie, The Notebook, in literature, but I'm looking for it. Every book I pick up, I'm like, is this the one that is my love triangle trophy? But I don't know. I just, I want to be crying almost all the time, as long as it's happy tears. So if that's happening in a book and there's love and there's adorable moments and romance, that's... That's what I look for. I told you this before we started recording, but I feel like I take such a dark approach to like what I look for in love stories. Like I wrote down <laughs> three adjectives. I said queerness, messiness, and like darkness, but I still like want happiness in yes. it if possible. But I love when those are kind of like yep. the undercurrent to start the story, I guess. Something you also mentioned is love triangles and under like favorite tropes. I said that's one of my favorite tropes that I find in love stories. So like, what are yours, would you say? I don't know if we're all supposed to love the enemies to lovers as much as we used to, but it is 100% like my catnip in terms of like what my heart and my head want at the same time. I just love that like there's tension there. I don't really like, I think one of my hailed romances is the hating game. And I think that that might, now that I've read it since the first time I read it, I think sometimes it's a little too mean. Whereas I like when there's an enemies to lovers that's just based off of like miscommunication and kind of like misreading the room. Ah, I didn't mean to do that. There you Come go. on, name drop. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is too good. You're too good at this. That. <laughs> that's amazing. So I don't know. I just, I like that. I like that there's a, okay, well, they were giving me a vibe and I didn't feel it. And now I'm giving them a vibe back and they don't think I'm feeling it. And I like that kind of 
it's funny because I think if you ask like what tropes I don't like, I would also say miscommunication, but it's the miscommunication that's a little too obvious of like, come on, like just talk it out. This is more like a miscommunication in first impressions. And I love when there's a history there. So like maybe people have been working together for a couple years or they were friends a long time ago or they were like enemies in college. I'm thinking like Beach Read by Emily Henry. We've got these like first impressions that like never really fade away and then they come back together at some point. So I love the enemies to lovers. And I, you know, again, like I love a love triangle because I love the idea of an author presenting two good options to you and like the reader being able to go either way, like not knowing where they stand, like the amount of arguments I got in high school over Team Edward, Team Jacob, you know what I mean? Like that keeps the book alive for me past the last page is like, we can continue to talk about how it should have ended or who the main character should have ended up with. So I think it's love triangle, but I haven't found it in the same way that I did with like the notebook and Twilight two two hailed pieces of literature i think so yeah i mean in terms of like so i remember you did a midnight sun reading vlog like back in the day and i forget if you said you were team edward or team jacob which one were you it's team edward forever like i mean there's a bit of that enemies to lovers you know what i mean there's that like that that moment of like i cannot have her so i do not like her and then and I get, I get why people like the Jacob storyline because it's the friends to lovers, but I need that, I need that friction a little bit. But I would love to know your tropes. Similarly to you, I love like a miscommunication, I would say. But I think one like dividing aspect there is I, I see a lot of discourse around like Sally Rooney's work um, in terms of a lot of her books, you know, deeply rooting like miscommunication as like a core of the romance there. And I tend to find it's at, at once like exciting, but also it can be a little bit like just talk it out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a hard yeah. line to walk when, I don't know, it seems like writing romance would be really tough on that front in terms of developing like, I don't know, tension and trying to do that realistically, I guess. Um, but so on that note, I said like unrequited or forbidden love as well, um, which kind of leads to some, I don't know, interesting storylines. Like, for example, I put, I don't condone cheating, of course, but I love like when an affair <laughs> is in a book. Like, I think it's really exciting to read about, <laughs> you know, um, for me as an like, outsider, okay, yes. you know, bit of drama, bit of drama. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or I also put like Melissa Broder, the Pisces, where like she's falling in love with a merman, um, something a little, you know forbidden or may or may not exist, adding a little intrigue there. Toxic relationships as well. I tend to find that this isn't really, I guess, pure romance, but I love to read about, I guess, like anti-romance stories in terms of relationships that might not be great for the main character um, and how he or she navigates Mm -hmm. those things. For example, I put like Acts of Desperation Mm -hmm. by Megan Nolan or Real Life by Brandon Taylor. Those are two examples that I have. Mm -hmm. And then least favorite tropes. I have a hard time with predictability sometimes in romance. And I know a lot of, you know, romance readers like look for that. So I think just for me, Mm -hmm. something I want to kind of get over or try to think through more is like why I'm so maybe opposed to predictability generally. I don't know if you have anything to say about that. I think you're right. I think that there's definitely a level of predictability. And I think that that's kind of why I've moved away from thrillers, which is interesting because they are not predictable but the prediction for me is I know that there's a crime to be solved and I don't want to deal with it right now you know what I mean like it's just I think after the last three years like just being so constantly on edge and stressed out and feeling like you know just with everything over the last three years with like sickness and health I think for me I didn't need another layer of stressfulness and I didn't need another layer of 
feeling on edge or like having to unravel something. So for me, that predictability of a romance is so incredibly comforting. And the only thing that I think surprises me is like what that main tension is. And I'm so excited when we get to the tension or we kind of see like what's keeping them apart, why it's not an easy road. Um, so I think definitely predictability is a reason why there would be some very real criticism around it. Like, I understand why it's not everyone's favorite genre, but for me, it's like, I will read the same storyline 50 times as long as there is a slightly different piece of tension in the middle of it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why romance is so ripe for like, I don't know, so many stories. And I think that's why it's so like the most, I think it's like the most popular genre. I saw some stat recently. This is probably not helpful now that I can't remember it. I don't know, like great selling romance stories are generally. I mean, even like with the book talk of it all and how, I don't know, influential romance yeah. has been like on social media and everything. It's really interesting. Do you have plans th this month for romance reading or are you just kind of like doing mood reading and then going into like your favorite romance of all time, if you had to pick one? So I graduated at the end of, or I guess the middle of December and... I, since that moment, I was still dealing with a bit of a reading slump, didn't want to read anything, didn't even want to look at books, but then also didn't really want to do anything else. It was this true, like, just genuine mental fatigue of, like, I'm kind of done using this. You know, I don't want to use this at all. So I was nervous about the start of the year because I was like, am I even going to be motivated? Am I going to be able to get out of this reading slump at all? And what's helped me is Kindle Unlimited. I don't know. It's my, it's, I've had it for like eight months and only really started using it in the last month. And it's just like, download, download, download. I don't finish half of the ones I start, but at least I'm reading something and it's fun. So most of them have been romances. And I feel like this month is just even more of an excuse to just Maybe revisit a few favorites. Maybe that's a good video idea, actually. <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I'm intrigued. I might have to do that. Um, but I think I just, I just want to be in romance. But I think, so like, yes, I want a couple of like fun, light, contemporary romances. But I also like what you were saying is I want, and I will take any recommendation you have, romances that are full of tension and maybe a little toxic and just like angsty and angry and like there's a real a real true human struggle not just a relationship struggle so I want to switch up the type of romance I really want some sad romances if people don't end up at the end that's okay I want to cry you know so those are kind of my reading plans for um February and I mean do you have romances on your list for February? I have to know. So I have like one on my list and I have some others that are coming like later this year. Um, I have this one book that I don't really know if it's like a traditional romance, I guess, but it's um, An Apprenticeship or The Book of Pleasures. Sorry, it's a library copy, so it's very shiny um, by Clarice Lispector. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what it's about because it's not interesting, um, but I like Clarice Lispector. And I think it's about like a primary school teacher who is isolated and nervous unable to connect with adults but then she falls in love with another professor and it's kind of like a philosophical account of like this woman finding love so that's like one that i want to read very soon um and then some others but i'll save those for later i guess but um yeah and i also want to reread some like i have some in my little stack here that i would love to go back to because i think th that's really fun for like a, yeah. a video idea is 
I've had some fun on my channel. I don't really do reading vlogs, but I like to go back to either authors that I haven't enjoyed before and then try a new one of theirs because I've been very surprised by that or just rereading old, fav mm -hmm. old favorites and like finding something new to love in them. So I'm excited to see if you end up doing yeah. that, what you think of your of your faves. But I'm nervous about it, honestly, just because I feel like these books can be such special like touchstones in our life and they like reflect what we were going through at the time. Like the hating game for me represents so much of the beginning of the pandemic and like just finding pure comfort in a story again. But if I read it again now, it's been like two years since I've read it. How will I feel? Like, how will I reflect on it? It's almost a little scary to approach those favorites and be like, wait, I don't really want that to change. But I also want to make sure that my favorites list is up to date. You know what I mean? I want to know that what I'm talking about is actually reflective of my reading preferences. So it's a it's a good video idea. But is it is it going to be a hurtful one? You know, I don't know. We'll have to see. What I think is interesting, too, about that is how much like at the time and place when we read certain books, particularly love stories, like how much we bring ourselves to those stories and how they can sort of change over time. And I think that's interesting in terms of, you know, romance as a genre generally thinking about how even when I guess it's quote unquote, like predictable sometimes how there can be so much comfort depending on where you are in your life or how things have changed, whether you're going through a breakup, um, whether you've been in a long-term relationship and want to read some new spicy <laughs> things when maybe the spice isn't yeah. as there in your relationship anymore. Um, there's a lot of like, <laughs> I don't know, ground to cover there. But yeah. So, I mean, I want to shift gears a little bit and ask you about like my favorite type of love stories or those that are the most devastating. What has made you cry the most off the top of your head? I mean, a little life. Right. Like to me, there's been times where I've really wanted to like just maybe just like unlist my little life vlog because it's just like it's a lot. <laughs> I can't even press play on that video because I'm just like that was a moment in time that you felt like you should sob on the Internet. I don't know where it came from, but there's something about that one that it's not wholly a love story. Obviously, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but that kind of friendship and tender love that's coming at the it's is it the last fourth i believe so last yes half. yeah there's just like there's a tenderness and also a lot of pain and a lot of just protection and and still learning someone that you've known for so long and so that one i mean makes me cry so hard but there's also just such tender feelings towards that last fourth of the book and that relationship and then I think, so I think I read The Song of Achilles while I was at work, like I finished it while I was between meetings. And so I couldn't give it that gut-wrenching sob that I wanted to. But the second time I read it, it was like the sky was crashing down. I'd say those two just, and I feel like they're very obvious picks, but they really, really wrecked with me. And they were two that like, I couldn't shake for a really long time. I just like, they haunted me for a really long time after I finish them. I really want to read Song of Achilles. I've, I've never read it. I've seen it covered, you know, on booktube and stuff. Um, do you recommend the audiobook for that one? I think you have before. Yes. Okay. I'm looking yeah. for like a It's good... a great audiobook. Okay. Will do. I need something because it's also queer, which I love. Um, and this is yeah. actually takes me to my next thing I want to tell you about. So you mentioned platonic love. And I know I mentioned this to you before, but I want to get viewer feedback to see if they agree with me. I think you will love this book. For listeners, I'm talking about Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. I think it'll make you cry, which I know you love. 
but I want to see if other people who've read this will also, you know, back my recommendation. Because I think this will be a favorite of yours. Maybe. I'm so excited. I actually looked yesterday. I was at Half Price Books and I looked and I could not find it. So it's definitely one that I I'm, I want the paperback so bad because I want to like just devour it and write in it and like break the spine and do everything. I can only find the hardback and I might just have to do it. Like let's stop holding back and let's just get the hardback. Yeah. I wish I had like the ARC version or something so I could send it to you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, to, to have the, the floppy, so you know, nice. but yeah. And the cover is so gorgeous. I love it. Um, but it's this iconic. One, it's like, yeah, it's it, so eye catching. It's wonderful. This one really surprised me though. And I know Jess also loves this book and I just want to see if it'll do it. Test my, you know, recommendation skills. But anyways, <laughs> so, I mean, for me, one that I know you've read as well, that was really devastating for me in a kind of like subtle way was Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. This one snuck up on me. I didn't really know what was going to happen by the end of it, not to spoil anything, but essentially this follows these two wives. One of them is a marine biologist who goes under the sea, goes on this like journey essentially for this company, gets trapped at the bottom of of the sea in a submarine while her wife is still above ground um, and at home and waiting for her to come back. And then when the wife does come back, eventually she is different. Her body is sort of decaying in certain ways. There's a lot of body horror imagery and you're following it to see whether she's going to be able to recover or how the okay wife is going to, you know, deal with this. And it's really about like subtly about like grief and losing someone over time and the hardness that comes with long-term relationships and also grieving someone that you're gradually losing and like slipping away from you. And this really cool, like body horror imagery way that was a poor way of saying that but yeah what did you think of this one do you still like is this did it stay with you as much as it maybe stayed with me it was so like hard for me to read i mean so i picked it up originally so i knew that there was a bit of a love story but it also took place partially on a submarine which are like my biggest fear so there was a little bit of like okay. morbid curiosity there we go there it is so it was just like me being so intrigued so i knew i wouldn't have to see a submarine if i read it so i was i liked this idea of of one wife being away for a long time, the other wife waiting. And then of course, like as you get into the story, a lot of like one of the perspectives is that the wife has returned. And so the wives are together and you're watching this like real grief and loss, like in real time, like you're seeing that like one of the wives has come back and they're just different. And like trying to make sense of like, wait a minute, how are they here with me? But they're not who they used to be. I, loved the book. I mean, it was one of my favorite books of 2022. It really, really stuck with me. I also think that it like, it did such an emotional and like horrifying twisting of the narrative with such a short page count. Like it was so short and yet it did so much. And I remember just being enthralled. I think there was a point where I was even listening to it as an audiobook and I had to like stop what I was doing and just like let it wash over me because I was so freaked out at one point. There was another point where I was just like so sad. So, and I don't know, just getting that like, you're getting interspersed moments of like them falling in love. So like you might be with them in present day seeing how like different their lives are, but then you get these moments of like the first time they met or when they fell in love or like just even like, 
just little moments like them grocery shopping, I think happens at a point or they're shopping or they're bringing groceries home. There's just, there's a human moment where I'm like, oh, you had like a whole history. It's not just about the big ticket moments. It's also about like, just like what it means to quietly love someone. And then of course the ending is just wow. But I love that one. Thank you for bringing it up. I yeah, I w- should have absolutely mentioned it. I was trying to think, I was like, there's, like the ones that made me, I don't know, cry the most usually have like some kind of like horrific element to it. <laughs> and that was the one that I was like, so <laughs> surprised by how moved I was. Like I read the synopsis and I was like, this sounds like it's going to be, I don't know, interesting and creepy, but I didn't expect the emotional tug that it really gave me. Do you have, I think I know the answer to this one too, but I want to see what you say. Uh, your fi- biggest like fictional crush that you've ever encountered. Who would you marry? <laughs> I mean, like who would you guess? Like if you had to guess. This is my guess. I think you know. I have it in my stack here. We both know. Is it Charlie? Mr. Charlie? It's Charlie <laughs> Lastra. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, you know me. Yes. Yeah. There's so many moments in that book that just like do that like romance, like heart tingle almost like. Weird description. That was a weird description. But it almost feels like winning the lottery or something where like there's a romance, like I can read a million romances and I can feel the warm feelings, but then there's just those, those certain ones that kind of peek out that are like, this is a little, a little something extra. This makes you feel a little bit warmer. It just like, and I felt like the banter between Charlie Lastra and Nora, the main character, were just like so zippy and they like pinged off each other. It was just, I just love him. But of course, I mean, like, who's yours? Who's your, I mean, is it Charlie Lastra? I think, we can, you know, yeah. we can share. I read, I read Book Lovers. It's the only Emily Henry I've read. And she, she got me with him. Um, I think it's also because it's about books. <laughs> and like, he's an, an editor. And I was like, okay, like, if I met the student in real life, like, I'd be all about it. So I think it's also Charlie. I mean, aside from that, like, I couldn't really think of others just because I, all the books I mentioned are so like <laughs> dark that like the cr- the crush <laughs> aspect like doesn't come to the top of my head. So I think I'm gonna agree with you with Charlie. Yeah. Um. Do you plan to read her new one that comes out soon? One. I read it. Oh, you read it? Oh my goodness. I read it. Can you give us like a a hint at what your th- your thoughts are about it? I think reading Happy Place came at a really special time. I really liked it. I think Book Lovers still has my heart 100%. It, it had a good, like, friends to lovers to enemies to lovers. Like, it kind of did a bunch of different things, so. I have to ask the question, I guess. What is the most disappointing romance that you've read of late or any books that you, like, were kind of like, eh, I have one. I'll, I guess I'll give mine first really quick. Yeah. It's Trespasses by yeah. Louise Kennedy. I did not love that book. <laughs> we buddy read it. Um... I thought it was going to be a banger and it wasn't. It has a, a romance in it, but didn't do it for me. So that was like my first one. Is that yours too? It has the toxicity that you like. It had the affair moment in it, right? Yes. So. Not likable people. I, I think. I know. That's why I was like, I was hoping that while I was reading, I was like, this should be working for me, but it didn't. I think my problem with it. Mm was was I think the lack of interiority for the main character. So I didn't really understand like Kushla's character that much. Like I understood what Louise Kennedy was doing with setting it in the troubles and how she's exploring how history and at this time was really impacting her and everyone that was living in Ireland and how that would play out in a, you know, a forbidden love affair, right? Understanding that Kushla was like longing for security with him and seeing how that played out with her. But I didn't really get anything from Kushla that like 
made it feel like it had stakes aside from the very you know obvious historical setting and the circumstances of that of that time if that makes sense um yeah. so i think that was my issue was oh, i just yeah. needed more like characterization to feel attached to them i guess what about you you know it's interesting especially with trespasses because i absolutely agree with you about not really feeling her emotions and yet it's so interesting because you'd think that we did a little bit more. It's all from her perspective and it's all like you get such a good description of her exterior. So you're like, okay, I'm with her. I'm present in this life. I can picture where I am with her. I can see all of her, like I can see her emotions, but I'm not feeling them at all with her. So I don't know. I, I absolutely agree with you on like what, what the disconnect was on that one. I, I wish that I felt that like pull and that ache for her especially towards the end of the book which we won't spoil but you know it just i i wasn't even close to shedding a tear and i thought i totally would have so i think for me with when it comes to like most disappointing i am very very good about dnfing romances that just aren't working for me because i think to me it's like well, I'm just a big proponent of DNFing in general, but to me, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this romance doesn't work for me. It might have really good ratings, but I am going to go find another storyline. So I feel like, especially in the last month, I've downloaded so many, and there's a freedom with Kindle Unlimited, right? Like I know it's a subscription, but it's also a little bit like, I don't have to finish this. There's another one just waiting right across my screen. So I don't know. I think usually what doesn't work for me is just writing styles. Like if the writing doesn't feel as like, just doesn't have as much depth, which I understand. Sometimes I just want a quick, fun romance. But sometimes if there's, if it's a little too light, then I'm just not as, I just can't sink into it in the same way. But as we were talking about earlier, when the miscommunication is too much like what you were saying with like some of Sally Rooney's books of like, just sit down and talk it through. Cause like that will get you the answers you need. Right. And I think that when I'm getting that kind of like, I don't know when you're getting like, especially in some romances, you get both perspectives. And when you see them both living the same moment and taking something completely different out of it, obviously that's the human experience, but I'm like, if you both would have just waited in the room and got through the next like three sentences, we would not be here. So I don't know. I don't, I, I have to agree though. Trespasses was one that I, I just, I wanted to work. I wanted it to work so bad for me. Me too. And it just didn't, you know? And that made me think of something too. I mean, when you were talking about, you know, Rooney's work and going back to like fictional crushes, I tend to find that, the Rooney men often do it for me as well. I don't know what that means about me, <laughs> um, but I, I like how she crafts those characters. Going back there, I was like, yeah, Rooney and Charlie, <laughs> I guess, are my answers there. Yes. I think that Rooney does a really good job, too, of like describing like real flawed humans. Like yeah. Sometimes romance is so, so safe and like it's just like... A perfect person that just miscommunicated or a perfect person it's just the wrong time and i think rooney does a good job of being like no 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 they are completely imperfect and there are reasons why they don't work together and it's mainly because they're humans that mess up you know i i, I will say i need to reread normal people because i think now i think i went into normal people expecting a fluffy romance and when i didn't get it i was like oh i like this is not mine then and now that i think just my reading preferences have developed so much over the last three years ew it's been three years since i've read normal people that's crazy what 
Yeah, I, re I remember watching your channel when you read it. And I think you did a video about like the adaptation versus normal people, right? That was like 2020, yes. which is wild. So wild. <laughs> no. Time is fake. <laughs> no. Time is fake. Time is fake. <laughs> Time has passed and I'm furious about it. <laughs> Seriously. Oh man. I even started in June of 2020, which is kind of crazy, which is coming up on three years of booktube for me, which is exciting Come and on. weird. But... How are we celebrating? My question is this really is like, and I feel like maybe you've already interviewed them, but like if you could interview an author on like your third anniversary, like who are you celebrating with? Ooh, who, I mean, the two authors that I, that I'm dying to have on this year, hopefully Sheila Hetty is one that I really, really love and Jonathan Franzen. Those are like my two, like, and also Brandon Taylor. I think those are like the three that I would say. Um, one of those okay. three would be awesome. Okay. So yeah, I'm manifesting it for this year. We're still early. Hopefully I can make it happen, <laughs> you know, but we'll see. You will make it happen. I'm excited for it to happen. I hope, I hope, I hope. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so I guess to round this out, do you have any like specific books that are on your TBR for 2023 romance adjacent that you're excited for? I mean, I'm excited for everyone to read Happy Place just because like, it's just going to be fun to talk about another Emily Henry, but Lunar Love is one that just came out that I'm hearing good things about. So I want to read that one. Um, the Neighbor Favor is another one. I It's just from the brief synopsis I got, it was giving me a little bit of like, you've got mail, a little bit of like this anonymous crush that's going on and you don't know how they're going to meet or what's going to happen. Highly suspicious and unfairly cute. I have it somewhere in this house oh it's in the kitchen because i'm going to read it soon but it's the new one by talia hibbert nice love her to death i mean one of my favorites is actor ag brown so i'll read anything by her you know what i mean i have a couple on here um one that's actually from i think 2021 that i haven't read yet it's up here somewhere i should have grabbed it but it's um cleopatra and frankenstein by coco mellers can we read it together yes please, please. it sounds so good buddy read happening <laughs> so there's that one yes. um and then another one is paul by daisy lafarge which came out last year more of like a toxic relationship vibe that my friend hannah really enjoyed and then there's one more it's a memoir called all down darkness wide by sean hewitt which came out last year which i think is a really sad queer memoir about his relationship with many friends of mine have like adored it said I would love it I might cry so yeah those are all like backlist stuff that's on my TBR but I'm excited anyways so yeah I love that and the title of that book is so magnificent it's like poetry in itself come yeah, on now right totally do you have a favorite romance book cover that stands out in your mind I mean can we be honest the Emily Henry US editions will just never be they will never compare to the UK editions like yeah so I wish I could put that, but they just, they, they'll never do it for me. This isn't really a romance, and I was going to mention it in like the love triangle recommendations, but I still think this cover, Vladimir, I'm obsessed with this. I think it's so, you know, erotic and interesting and, you know, oh. objectifying men. I love the typeface, and I just love this book generally. And the green, I love, green's like my favorite that color. Font. Okay, so there's a little bit of a love triangle in that one. There is, yes. Okay. So basically the main character, she's a professor, she's an older woman, and she ends up falling in love or being very compelled by the new teacher um, at the college. Her husband is in the middle of a controversy because he's been allegedly abusing students at the school as well. So she's, it's this interesting, you know, affairs 
messiness yeah. entanglement going on. It's really good. Um, I think you might like this yeah. one too. It's a little bit like, it's a little kooky by the end of it. I know some people don't love the end of it, but I thought it was so fun and I was like gripped by it. Okay. Um, there's a new cover of this one for the paperback. It just came out, but it's just like the the green of his like suit and there's no body on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's a, that's a mistake, I think. Whoa. This is so good in eye catching. <laughs> that's a mistake. <laughs> I don't know. But at least it's in paperback now. You know. <laughs> That's a mistake. Um, I'm looking and I'm not seeing one that like really, really calls to me. I mean, like, so there's like a million really good Pride and Prejudice ones just like based off the fact that there's so many of them. Like there's those like, what are they? Like the Barnes and Nobles editions or like even the ones, you know, the ones that are like the Penguin editions that are hardbacks that like have the pattern stamped on them. Yes, love. Yeah. Love yeah. those. So I think that there's a there's probably a few really good ones of those, but I Oh, there's a new there's a new romance called X's and O's that came out this year, I believe, and it has like just a bunch of like pink heart balloons and it is just so colorfully exciting and wonderful. It's like so cute. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one. Circe, I don't think would be constituted as a romance, but I love that cover. So I'm just now I'm just talking about covers at this point. No, I love it. I love it's one of my favorite things to talk about. But like that one I love. I need more books to have like gold foiling on the cover because I feel like sometimes there's this new book, it's not a romance, it's a crime thriller, but it's called Age of Vice. Have you seen that cover? It's like black with like the gold lettering on it. I don't know. I'm looking right now. So I saw the cover. It's a great cover, I think. But I saw it in person and it's not foiled. So it just looks like a very plain looking. I'm like, there's so much like, I feel like it would sell more, but maybe I'm wrong. People in marketing probably, you know, know more than I do about (laughs) sales and the cost (laughs) of that. But I'm like, damn, I probably would have bought it if it was foiled, you know? That's me being superficial. (laughs) Great opportunity to be foiled. It looks a lot like Knives Out, like that type of vibe. Right. Totally. Noelle, thank you so much for joining me today talking about love. I was so excited about this. Do you have anything you want to tell like the viewers about what's going on with you this year or anything you want to sign off and plug? No pressure. (laughs) I don't know. Now I'm just excited about this. (laughs) Now I'm just excited about this um, rereading old romance favorites. Yeah. That's like... I want to start filming it like right after we get off this call because I'm like, let's let's have some fun. You know what I mean? So I'd say look forward to that and just I just love you so much. And I'm so excited that you're doing this podcast. And thank you for having me on. It was the most fun, like interview type thing I've ever done. It was so and it was also relaxed. I I did. Usually I'm tripping over my words. Not that I didn't do that. Not that I didn't do that. But usually I'm a ball of nerves. But you're just so calming and just love you. I'm so glad. I love you too. I I know I've said this before, but like, this has been so exciting for me to, you know, become friends with you and everything, meet you in person. And then now doing this together, it's just so awesome. So you're always welcome on the pod. Thank you for doing it. Um, You were lovely as always. I love you. We're going to buddy read Frankenstein and Cleopatra. I wonder if maybe we could talk about it on the podcast. I would love that. I would love it. I know. Yeah, it was a pretty buzzy book. So I'm I'm kind of bummed that I missed it, but now it's perfect time to, you know, dive into it. So Holding you to it. Let's do it. Let's do it. 100%. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Follow Noelle if you haven't already, but I'm sure if you watch me, you watch Noelle. (laughs) But make sure you do it if you don't. Um, Thank you all for watching, and I'll sign off here. Bye, everyone.